0: With private wireless networks gaining momentum, businesses are testing the waters to see if LTE-based CBRS technology can offer reliable connectivity and reduce their operations cost. Yesterday's Wi-Fi might be low cost, but today's Wi-Fi 6 and 4G offers speed and security, and tomorrow's 5G can deliver ultra-quick connections backed by quality assurance. Which of these new technologies can deliver secure, efficient, cost-effective connections that truly improve business operations? Let's find out. Hi guys, this is your host Ashish Jain and you're listening to the Alignment Podcast where we go beyond the buzzwords and connect the dots between technology and its business impact. Today's guest is here to help us eliminate the gaps on how 4G and 5G can truly support private business networks. Carl Gunnell is a successful tech entrepreneur with many ventures spanning the technology, internet, media, and entertainment sectors. Geoverse, which is his most recent venture, is a licensed mobile operator targeting to enable businesses with digital services through 4G and 5G networks and applications. Carl uses his experience with regulators and standard bodies to help customers in all verticals connect the dots between 4G and 5G private networks and their business application needs. And he also successfully tinkers in, with technologies like the recently awarded patent that links blockchain to wireless services. Carl, welcome to the show. I'm very happy to have you join us.
1: Well, thank you for having me. Very glad to be here.
0: So tell us a little about Geoverse and um, what you are uh, up to and how do you come into the business of private LTE and CBRS? Um, luck,
1: really. Uh, always been very interested in, uh, in new technologies. Oh, somebody introduced me to, uh, to blockchain and to, to, and to cryptocurrencies, and initially I, uh, I was trying to figure out how to create my own currency. You know, everybody was doing ICOs back in 2016, 2017, something like that, right? But I was struggling to kind of figure out or understand why a currency would actually appreciate in value. But I realized that blockchain itself, I mean, the the ability to sort of disintermediate a third party and, and create trust between the two parties are very interesting. So now the big challenge was, you know, what do I do? What, what do I disintermediate? So I was going to various trade shows and, and uh, I happened to go to a trade show in, in San Francisco where um, I ran into a booth and started to talk to somebody, and I saw something on a shelf that I didn't really understand what it was, and I asked him, and he said, "Well, that's our new CBRS, you know, Rand," and I said, well, "What is that?" and and he told me um, that CBRS was this new cellular spectrum that, with that spectrum, it would be possible for enterprises to build their own private network. in other words um, they would now have an option uh, to Wi-Fi and to service from from public carriers and uh, he told me that you know there were going to be thousands of these uh, private networks I mean Nokia I guess says even a million networks around the world and I realized that you know maybe this is where the blockchain will fit in to sort of manage the the service level agreements between private and public networks and create a marketplace for private networks. And that's that's really how it how it started. I mean, we built the business plan and then you know the company got started.
0: Oh wow, this is uh, uh, this is a business coming into existence uh, for this particular technology, right from you know even when the technology existed, that's actually pretty fascinating. And I love the way you, you know, connected the dot on um, blockchain and um, the consortium, I should say, between private and public networks and how they need to communicate. Because that was one of the biggest challenge uh, in the Wi-Fi space as well, because people try to do Hotspot 2.0 and, you know, having seamless, seamless connection and transition from a cellular to Wi-Fi, All the Wi-Fi offload was there for many years. And people were trying to do, you know, cellular offload or an extension, Wi-Fi is an extension of cellular and trying to make this public-private kind of handover roaming experience. And one of the biggest challenge was how will you authenticate? How will you SLA? How will you charge? And who who gets with what piece of it? And you're saying, you know, blockchain plays a role in that. And, and in, in even more so, in the CBRS because the concept is same. It's a shared spectrum or a lease spectrum and somebody has to do the financials and trust between them.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, I I don't think that, Private network necessarily is a replacement for for Wi-Fi. I mean, Wi-Fi works really well if uh, you know for for your typical day-to-day business applications and and for home use. But um, there are some drawbacks to Wi-Fi. I mean, Wi-Fi uses unlicensed spectrum, and anybody can build a Wi-Fi network as long as the equipment that they're using is certified. But there are some issues in in terms of sort of interference. Is also a best effort type network, you know, that comes from from the IT world, really. So that means that if you have a a lot of uh, networks or a lot of users, you know, the quality will not be great, and you can't really create an SLA over over a Wi-Fi network. And the other issue, of course, is security. I mean, once you know the SSID of the Wi-Fi network, then you know the only thing that is missing is a is a password, and you know some people. Use technology to try and guess that password and and break into your network. On the other hand, then the other option, if you wanted wireless technology, would come from from the mobile operator. And the issue with that, of course, is that indoors, the experience from a public cellular network is not always ideal. the, The signals from outside towers can't really penetrate all the building materials that we have today. And uh, particularly not in you know LED certified buildings so it's kind of like sunshine right the, 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 the radio waves if you will from the from the towers don't reach the interior of the building. And also you know it was too expensive to go out and for, for an enterprise to to go to an auction and, and buy spectrum from uh, from the FCC the regulator in the US so, when the FCC approved CBRS for commercial use about a year ago, that meant that cellular networking technology was no longer the private domain of mobile operators. It meant that an enterprise could build a local area network, but using the same sort of LTE and five G technologies as your mobile operators are using. So you have the authentication on the SIM card instead of you know typing a username and password. You have true mobility. You know between the cell sites and between networks, you have you know, much better latency, which is getting even better with five G. And it's it's changing it's changing the world, right? It's it's uh, now makes you know gives the control of, of cellular technology to the enterprise. Now, there are all sorts of uses for the CBRS spectrum. It's not only used in private networks. It's used for fixed wireless access. You know, mobile operators use it also for their own services. But you know, private networks is where I think, uh, I think that's going to be the main driver, particularly as we move into to Industry 4.0. We will need really uh, reliable connectivity. But there are all sorts of, of um, private networks also. So our firm do what we call interconnected private LTE. So that means that we connect the private network to the public ecosystem of mobile operators, so that you, you know, have can roam out right and and use your uh, your SIM card, your private SIM card on uh, you know, the public networks around the world. So you have true mobility, not only inside of your own private network, but around the world. So it's, it's, a, it's a big change. But as you said, somebody needs to, to manage those networks and to manage the relationships between the private and the public carriers.
0: So last time we spoke, you, know, you mentioned a very interesting statement that the wireless telecom or wireless networks are becoming uh, business or enterprise-led versus carrier-led. So is that what you mean by, you know, when you said private networks are going to the main driver for CBRS or is there anything else you would like to add to that?
1: Well, I mean, what I really mean that it's becoming enterprise led is, you know, the fact that there is now spectrum, uh, cellular spectrum, a big swath of cellular spectrum that you don't have to go to an auction to buy and spend billions of dollars. I mean, if you, if you think about the C-band auction, which just ended, right? I mean, I'd $80 billion, um, you know, that carriers paid to have more spectrum in the, in the US market alone. And that's just too much for, for, for an enterprise to do. And if you wanted that public carrier to, to bring network into your building or your facility, your campus, you were sort of on their timetable. You know, they would do that whenever um, they had the resources to do it. Yeah. With the new spectrum, you can deploy your own cellular network whenever you want to, on your schedule, you know, your budget, and you have complete control of the network and the, and the, and the governance of that network. So it's, it's a big driver and it's coming at a time when I think it's really needed.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I believe there was... The CBR spectrum also ended a couple of months back. And there was definitely a few enterprises that went for it. Of course, there were a lot of local municipalities and government bodies that went for it. And of course, the carriers would like to get their hands on any kind of spectrum as well. So there was a good mix of companies I saw, you know, getting their hands on at least the lease version of, not the uh, GSA version of it. Uh, but, but to your point... Um, The enterprises now have access to a more high quality spectrum, uh, unlike unlicensed spectrum to build a a more robust wireless network without even paying for any sort of spectrum, although they could have chosen to participate in the CBRS auction as well. But even if they did not, there is still a shared spectrum bucket they can utilize to still build the, uh, the private network.
1: Well, maybe we should, just sort of for clarification, so the, the sort of CBRS spectrum that's now available, it, it used to be used exclusively by the U.S. Navy. They uh, ran it for the, for the radars, and I believe actually to, to help uh, aircraft land on aircraft carriers. But since it was underutilized, you know, in the middle of the United States, and since, you know, spectrum is a, is a finite resource... Uh, the FCC tried to figure out, you know how can we let people you know use this spectrum you know, away from you know when, when the Navy is not using it, so to speak. So they, they designed this uh, three-tiered structure where the incumbent, the. US Navy, always have priority. And then below that, at the very bottom, there is something called uh, general authorized access. And that is that's completely free. Uh, The only regulation is that your network needs to be registered with a SaaS server, you know, so that, you know, which controls all of these private networks and control the channels so that the priority can be given to the Navy whenever they need it, which is primarily in San Diego and in North Carolina where, um, you know, the aircraft carriers are. And then in the middle, there is something called PAL or Priority Access License. And these licenses are countywide, essentially. And you can go in and you can pay for those licenses. And that gives you a priority. And that's the auction that just uh, just ended about a month ago, I think.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's also, you know, you're not really buying it. You're leasing it, right, as, as far as I understand. Unlike, you know, the the regular macro uh, spectrum like C-Band and others, you have a longer term. I mean, you're buying it, you own it. Whereas if, even in pad licenses, it's not a... It's not a ownership. It's a it's a long-term lease, if I understood it.
1: There probably would be a secondary market, though, for for, for PAL licenses. Uh, yeah. I think, right? So people went on, you know, they, they bought them at the auction, and then, you know, they're going to need it. But the other point that I wanted to make is that it's not really this. I mean, the spectrum is changing the world, you know, in terms of the rules and regulations, which means that, you know, it's, it's easier to get access to. and you, have, you don't have to pay billions of dollars. But what the big difference is, is really in the networking technologies. So, you know, when you're using Wi-Fi, for instance, as I said, that sort of best effort that means that you're using a lot of power constantly looking for the best channel etc when you're when you're using networking technologies from the from the carrier world called 3gpp you know then you have a complete different set of rules that that governs how the network works so it's just more efficient and allows you to do things that you can't do in a Wi-Fi network
0: yeah so Let's uh, step back a little bit Um, in terms of, you know, spectrum is still, you know, a term which is used very well and understood very well by, you know, carriers and a lot of service providers, a lot of people who come from that telecom world. And let's just start to put ourselves in the shoes of an enterprise CIO or an IT team, you know, have never heard of all different variety of spectrums that are out there and what they can do with them. And let alone, you know, how to understand the use of different spectrums, but how do they even come up with an understanding of how to utilize them? So I'll give in, you know, start a discussion more on, let's, you know, look at enterprises. And most of the businesses do not own a building. They are renting or leasing it. If you start laying out the stakeholders, uh, you know, in driving the adoption of, private networks or more secure use of cellular networks in enterprises who has the onus of implementing it is it the building owner that makes a strategic investment to say okay i want to improve my wireless connectivity in the building and i want to offer that as a service to my tenants or or is it the business owner the enterprise itself wants to drive that initiative and say okay we have very specific needs wi-fi doesn't work for us or Make them aware of why Wi-Fi doesn't work for them, and there is a there is a much more better option which was not available to them now before. How do you would you you know help enterprises or you know explain it to them? That first of all, what is your perspective on who is the right uh, entity who is going to drive this adoption? Uh, is it the building owner? Is it the business itself? Or is it, you know, neutral host providers or carriers who are bringing this without, you know, removing up the, all the complexities from businesses without even worrying about whether it's Wi-Fi or private or CBRS or some other spectrum using it? What will drive the adoption and who is going to take the initiative to implement it, uh, whether it's building owner enterprises or someone else? Okay, that's a very
1: good question. We're, we're being asked that question a lot, sort of. You know, when when do I need it? How do I get started? How do I fund this? Who's going to run it for me? But um, so, Wi Fi networks are also known as LANs, right, or local area networks. And it's, you know, there's a router and there's some access points. And the number of access points you have really is determined by how big of a floor space do I need to cover. And a private network is also a LAN. You know, unlike a public network, which is a WAN, a wide area network, and it's the same thing. The access points uh, in a in a private area network has a, a greater range than a than a Wi-Fi r- uh, router or access points by four to five times. So you need fewer of them, but uh, you know it's about four thousand to six thousand square foot coverage on on one of these access points. So an enterprise can deploy their own 3GPP based local area network in their office a building owner can also do it it makes sense for building owners to do it you know as a way of enhancing coverage and capacity you know in the interior of the building and also if they have, say, BMF systems that need to be connected, because, you know, if you're in a high rise building in San Francisco or New York or LA or Seattle or whatever it is, you may have hundreds of Wi-Fi networks in there. And um, it's very likely that you will run into to interference, but it's not impossible. I mean, actually, that's probably more common is that there is a, an enterprise, a tenant of that building. Who has some application where Wi-Fi is not good enough because of security or latency or interference issues, and fiber is not agile enough, and you know the the coverage from that public carrier may um, be insufficient or altogether absent, or control of the network is very important to them, or they have uh, you know need of having uh, sort of local computer processing or an EPC on site. And that's when, you know, a private network is ideal.
0: Can you give an example of such scenario? That's one. And second is even more important. Do the building owners and the enterprise, let's call them IT teams or CIO teams, understand this concept yet i mean i'm sure you're having a lot of those discussions and where are you finding the gaps in their understanding i mean are they are they able to comprehend this idea of gonna bring you a small cell or on private network or an epc or is it way beyond their understanding right now and there is a lot of education to be done and for them to really understand the value of it
1: i think that the awareness is increasing i mean the you know, there are now 160 some companies in the, mm. you know, the CBRS Alliance now called the OnGo Alliance that are uh, participants in, in, in this business. And COVID I think has actually sort of increased the, you know, digital transformation right, and, and digitalization, which, you know, part of that is um, requires, you know, better, better connectivity. Now, of course, Cellular technology is different than, than Wi-Fi technology. And um, just because you can deploy a cellular network does not necessarily mean that you know how to do it or that you have the internal resources to run it. But there, there are plenty of companies out there that can help you design the network and build the network and operate the network, and, you know, in, including ours. Um, another issue I think is cost you know people are concerned about the cost but you know the reality is that a private network doesn't really cost more than uh, you know an enterprise wi-fi network and you you, you get the benefits of, of, of the security and the agility and on the control um, with uh, with the private network an example of where it's used um, computer vision computer vision ai in other words when you use, cameras to monitor something and you want to have computers instead of people that are trying to figure out what, what is going on if if what is happening should happen or what should happen is not happening um, that means you need to analyze a uh, video stream live and that means that you need to have really low latency and you need to have the ability to have compute power on site and and I think that's an application where uh, we will see more and more private networks smart cities uh it's another application where you know there's now sort of cbrs going in both as fixed wireless and private networks for uh, the municipalities and emergency services etc
0: i no, i think it's it's intriguing i'm going to pick on uh, the first use case which is very interesting and is very real um is the computer vision and just for the you know for the audience here who do not know what is computer vision. It's a video analytics technology that analyzes a stream of video and and understand what to do with it, whether it complies with the criteria or it doesn't. For example, if you if you're wearing a mask or not, did I capture that right? Or you're or you're standing six uh, feet apart or that's, not? That's uh,
1: that's one of the solutions that we offer today, right? So, as somebody are entering into building, we're we're counting them as they come in, and you know uh, counting them as they exit, so we know whether or not somebody is exceeding the, you know, the percentage of occupancy that you can have, you know, you can, you take the temperatures, they're walking in, and then you can verify if people are wearing a mask. And then as you said, you can also verify the distance or people are too close together. Or, you know, in other cases, you can use this to see if something is too far apart or in areas where they shouldn't be. So, you know, that's uh, an application that we believe is going to be kind of quite interesting. Now we're, we're combining that uh, solution with, uh, indoor air quality sensors, also, and looking at the the particle matters to see if uh, there's some contaminants in the building that could be COVID or some some something other, you know, damaging in the building. And we're using, you know, computer analysis like combining the air sensors with uh, the video stream to to make sure that everything is compliant.
0: Wow, that's uh that's a pretty interesting application I can I can easily see that it will become a commonplace uh in many buildings. I'm not sure if every building would be able to deploy that unless it, it gets mandated, but it it's definitely a very interesting solution uh, especially in you know large buildings and I'm sure retailers like Walmart and others would would be very interested to have something like that and in fact government buildings for that matter uh, where it's
1: I mean, there, there are all sorts of buildings where you can have this. I mean, the idea behind it is to really to help companies of reopen.
0: So just to connect the dots here, right? Application is cool, but what's the dependency of this in on a cellular private network? And why can't I do this over an existing Wi-Fi network?
1: The, the latency and the bandwidth issue, you know, prim- primarily, right? Over the Wi-Fi network. Uh, you could do it over Ethernet or you could do it over, you know, a fiber network. That's how it's been done in the past, but that tends to become more expensive and a bit more onerous to to do. Um, it's much simpler if you can do this with a wireless solution.
0: So, does that does that mean the use cases of private networks? And I'm going to get to another layer of you know I want to uncover with you is private LTE versus private five G. But does the are the use cases more restrictive uh, for? Um, private network use cases where the, the need is, like you said, more bandwidth in this case. You know, it's a very smart application that expects a certain level of performance of the network. And, you know, whether it's, it's an application like this or, or video surveillance applications on, on some other fronts... Uh, manufacturing, you know, I've seen a lot of manufacturing uh, automation and digitalization, where you know you are able to uh, again utilize technologies like this, computer vision, to monitor if a product is you know on a supply chain or or on an assembly line where product is defected or not, and the whole overall concept of untethered manufacturing, where you know you don't have the machines needs to move all the time, and you don't, you just want wireless connectivity on it. So there are definite use cases where I where I see. Uh, it it benefits, and especially when it comes down to industrial applications.
1: Private networks. I mean, at, at, the, at the lower end, you know, private networks solves coverage and capacity. You know, I don't have a cellular signal in my building, I and I want to do that, and I want to have a single solution that provides coverage and capacity for all major carriers, instead of having you know one solution for for each for each carrier. So that's more efficient. It uses less power, etc. Then we sort of, as we're moving to the right in complexity, then you start coming into solutions as you know, computer vision, as we mentioned, right? All sorts, all sorts of sensors that, that uh, are using you know LTE for for transport, but industry 4.0 and with everything that that involves right from autonomous vehicles to to ar to to robotics etc where you need agility you need bandwidth you need security uh you need you know an epc on site um that's where 4g and increasingly or say in the future when uh, latency is very critical 5g that's uh you know where i think we will really see the boom in this business
0: yeah no that makes sense so um that was going to be one of my question is you know if i'm sitting in an enterprise boardroom and uh, i'm not sure if it's a board boardroom discussion or not but let's you know, Zoom. It's an IT boardroom discussion going on, and and the discussion is okay. I need to start investing in digital transformation, and there are certain type of applications we need to build. And of course, it will depend on the type of business. But if there is an IT guy uh, sitting in the room and trying to make a business case or justification for should I invest in Wi-Fi six versus. Should I invest in this private LTE cellular network or maybe, you know, we should hold on and wait for, you know, private 5G? What would be the two or three decision criterias for them?
1: Um, business applications, business critical application, mis- and mission critical applications. That's the way I, I would look at it, right? So for, for my business applications, for most business applications, our day-to-day work, Wi-Fi is perfect right? It's easy to install, you know, the, your IT department can, can do that, they can maintain it, there's no problem. But as the complexity increases, and you need sort of service level agreements, you need perhaps true mobility, then Wi-Fi is not ideal. I mean, for a drone, for instance, that's flying inside and outside, you know, you, you couldn't really use a Wi-Fi network. Uh, if it's a large area you want to cover, you know, Wi-Fi, is not ideal. If we're talking the industry 4.0, I mean, precision agriculture is part of that, right? Where they use, you know, drones and all sorts of things. A private network is much better. You know, on the top end, you know, when we're talking about sort of mission-critical application, let's call it sort of life and death use cases, I wouldn't go Wi-Fi. And, you know, that's probably where, where 5G will uh, be, you know, the, the ideal solution, the only solution other than if you can use fiber, that will be an alternative. And we're already seeing demand. right? I mean, there are over 100,000 CBRS access points sort of installed in the U.S., uh, growing with about 5,000 a week. So the enterprises have already started to adopt these solutions.
0: Well, that's that's good to know. That's uh that's a good number of adoption and I'm assuming they will they'll definitely grow and we definitely are seeing ourselves at Kairos a lot of companies are investing in this uh technology and you know, the kind of use cases span across utilities and manufacturing and transportation and you know, automated vehicles. Uh when I say automated vehicles like the um or drones for that matter, for agriculture and things like that. Definitely, we see all of those scenarios uh, getting into motion. I, I do still hear a lot of talk in the industry about Wi-Fi 6 and it's been improved. Uh, it's still a solution and there's a lot of antenna technologies out there that can extend Wi-Fi for outdoor and, and, and can cover vast areas. And Wi-Fi 6 brings uh, a lot more security and robustness and, and reliability. What's your take on that?
1: I think in the future you'll see um, networks that are hybrid Wi-Fi six and private LTE, private five G. Yeah, you know, I, I, mean, they're 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 not mutually exclusive. There, there are scenarios where a Wi-Fi network has certain advantages. Simplicity is definitely one of them, right? And there are areas where cellular is a superior solution. It it all depends on your use case.
0: Well, I'm assuming a lot of the, the enterprises are going in this direction. Um, there is this whole category of new uh, services emerging. I'm sure you offer some of them in helping them get this up and running and solving the problem of manage what I call neutral host services or managed services.
1: Well, I mean, I expect an enormous amount of innovation, you know, and um, remember, sort you of know, 10, 11, 12 years ago when we started to deploy LTE, um, nobody at that time envisioned that you know we're going to be able to have services like Uber or Lyft or, or Airbnb that kind of leveraged the, the GPS functionality in, in, our, in our telephones. And, and I have no idea what innovation we're going to see in 5G and, and private LTE, but I expect it to be very, very dramatic, right?
0: yeah absolutely and and you're you're leading innovation, so is there something cooking that we should all watch out for uh <laughs> 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 well, you can't share that of course <laughs> well, Carl, this has been a great discussion. I really appreciate your time
1: well, i'm very glad to be here
0: yeah if there's any if there's any final words of wisdom for uh for the enterprise c i o s in that you would like to share let's let's close with that
1: absolutely to try and learn more right to 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 reach out to you know your your local uh you know rep for for private networks and discuss with them share you know what your use cases are what it is that you want to accomplish and you know many of those sell both wi-fi and private LTE and they will help advise you what the best
0: solution is great thanks once again carl
1: thank you very much for having me
0: great conversation carl The business opportunity to digitize industrial applications and customer experience are endless. With access to secure and reliable high-bandwidth 4G and 5G private networks, companies will certainly be able to accelerate their innovation. It has been a pleasure having you on the show, Carl. Thanks for your great insights. I know they connected many dots for our listeners. Thanks everyone for listening. Please go over and subscribe to the Alignment Podcast on your favorite platform. We hope you will continue the conversation about private networks by asking questions and sharing your thoughts regarding how wireless networks are evolving to improve business operations. Feel free to reach out to me on my email ashish.jain at kairospulse.com or drop me a note on my LinkedIn. Until next time, stay safe and get aligned.